Hello, everyone. It's Lily May here, and I'm excited to bring you another episode of the Glambitious Podcast. If you are new to the platform, please follow me on Instagram at I am Lily May. Also visit visibilityforme.com. That's visibilityforme.com because I've recently launched a new membership that helps you scale to top dollar visibility and influence. You don't want to miss out on the opportunity to get into that membership. Without further ado, let me introduce to you a dynamic uh, woman visionary that we're bringing to the fold today. As always, I'm very excited to connect with someone who's doing major things with their gifts and talents in the world. Dr. Lanisha, introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about you. Awesome. Thank you so much for welcoming me here. I am, I'd like to start with, I'm a, I'm a mother uh, to two amazing, madly curious, wild boys, ages two and four. I'm a wife. I'm a big sister. I'm a mentor to two awesome young women, and I have working and professional passions. <laughs> Uh, so I, I want to start there with a role identity. And before I get into my life's work, my mission, really, I, I find that with over 50% of doctoral students not completing their degrees, I'm really on a mission to champion current and future students in their pursuit of pursuing and completing graduate degree in record time. I was a first generation college student and the very first in my family to get a PhD uh, because of my experience juggling multiple commitments as a non-traditional student, I totally get how unique the needs of students who are trying to complete their degrees while working full-time, parenting, and or caretaking family members. It, it, that is a very untraditional path to be able to juggle all that. Most uh, traditional students are able to finish, you know, drop everything and really focus on their degree. I also co-founded Black LinkedIn is Thriving, a community with the purpose to empower and connect African-American professionals to unlock their limit, un, limitless potential. It's the only clubhouse community featured twice in Forbes, and I'm so, so very happy to be here with you. Yes, yes. So tell us about your book, Me Power. Yeah, so in Me Power, I argue that after four centuries, it's time for a new definition for the word empower. Uh, the word empower has been used in English since the 17th century. And I wondered what led me to write is like, how often do we stop and think about what it actually means? So if you look the word up in the dictionary, it means to give someone the th authority or power to do something. So the words here are give and and make, give them the power to do something. Empowerment literally means transferring your power to someone else. But what about the power that comes from within you, which you manifest when you become more of who you are, creating change and working to reach your maximum potential? So I have two parts to this book. The first part really deconstructs how the word misses, it's the word we use misses the true meaning of it, the idea. And then in the second part, I really make the case that we should shift our thinking from empower to me power. Uh, it's a play on the word itself. I flip the M to me. And when we do that, we become the active agents that create the change we want to see in the world. And I outline what that change is in the rest of the book. And I have five principles that really uh, highlight what that looks like in action. Hmm, okay. So tell us how we can activate our own me power. Like, What are some ways that we can begin to activate our, our me power? Yeah, for sure. So me power equals 
knowledge of self and principal action in five key ways, right? So embrace your barriers, focus on your strengths, speak for your life, choose your guides and ritualize your reflection. And really uh, the, my three favorite ways to activate it really highlights three of the principles, right? So and when focusing on your strengths, you first have to identify what those strengths are. And sometimes when we think about strengths, we kind of have a more limited perspective. And so I encourage folks to take different kinds of assessments to really tap into what that is. My favorite one is a free one. It's the values and action uh, assessment, and it helps you identify your signature strengths. Some other popular ones are Gallup Strengths Finder and um, Myers-Briggs. Those are like the most popular ones, but either way, it's like really to tap in, to identify what are your strengths so that you can use those to navigate life and then also to help you embrace challenges and, and in a way that is unique to you. Uh, the second um, way to activate your, your me power uh, is having to do with ritualizing your reflection. So my favorite thing to do is create a list of 10 defining moments in your life and include a picture of yourself at each of those moments. So a, a defining moment is pretty much an occasion that changed your life irreversibly. So you started a new job, you've maybe had a first job, you lost that job, you lost a loved one, you traveled somewhere significant, you moved to another country, you paid off some debt, something, you know, like that's big. And you reflect on the following, like, how did you feel at the time? What were your goals? How have your goals evolved? And by doing this, you really reflect on where you are, who you were, and who you're becoming. And this practice is really helping you get into this reflective moment to really deepen your own self-knowledge. And then the last way uh, has to do with speaking for your life. And it's identifying the weirdest thing about yourself and an unusual skill or talent, which could benefit somebody else. So, and then you, you share it in a way only you can. And these, you know... I think a lot of folks, when they think, when they hear me power, they think it's too self-centered, it's too self-focused, and that's because of the word me. But I also want to encourage folks that we start, it's a me first kind of idea. It's like putting your mask on first to then be able to help someone else. So in order to empower others, you have to be empowered yourself. So that I, I really, um, really highlight through this concept how it starts with oneself and it's always shared with others. Yes, I love that. I think it's very important that we, you know, take the proper time to really process some of the defining moments in life. And with the pandemic, you know, happening, what, in 2020, we're in 2023. I think the pandemic triggered a lot of defining moments for many of us that mm -hmm. we may not have yet even fully processed. So who would you say specifically that you wrote this book for? Yeah, I wrote it for those in the business of empowering others particularly educators focused on how to get their students to find purpose on their learning, reach their full potential. And that's in grade school, in uh, high school, also in at the university level. So whether you're a, an educator, a parent, or a student, or pretty much anyone grappling with the question, who do I want to be? I think that's every, <laughs> that's all of us. Um, and I make the case that me power helps you discover your self-identity, that your self-identity isn't fixed but it's ever expanding as you move through life and different phases require you to approach things totally differently. So how, what's a kind of framework to help you do that? I, I really wrote the book to help folks navigate uh, aspects of themselves as they move through life. 
Wonderful, wonderful. And you also exemplified me power after surviving cardiac arrest and a coma. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your first thoughts after waking up from something like that. Yeah, my first thought was like, where are my kids? You know, where are my babies? Uh, Then I was like, I'm on a deadline (laughs) to finish this book for my publisher and I need to get out of here. Literally, as I'm trying to uh, bust out of these restraints that I was in, because apparently I'm such a huge fighter. I have a, I know I have a fighting spirit, but I did not know if I was in a situation like that, I would need to be put in restraints because I kept, they, they said, even when I was like not fully conscious, I kept trying to like get up and that's super dangerous, right? Like I, I was in a coma, I was on a ventilator. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's just wild. But those are my first thoughts. Like, how do I, how do I get to the people that I love? And then um, how do I get out of here? And then how do I stay out of here, right? Out of here being like the ICU. Wow, that is quite a lot to endure, especially as a mom, you know, I can only imagine, you know, how you felt, even knowing that for that time, you weren't, you know, with your kids. So I'm sure that, you know, some things changed after that. How would you say that things changed for you after that experience? Yeah, so now I have a chronic uh, health condition I never had before. The official label is is dilated cardiomyopathy. And it just means that it it's hard for my heart to pump blood to the rest of my body. And mine is idiopathic, meaning they don't know what caused it. My, my cardiologist operating theory is that um, COVID, because I had COVID pneumonia mm-hmm. and they know quite a bit, there's quite a bit of research on how someone with my condition, other viruses have led to it. Right. So I don't have a genetic basis for it that they've uh, identified to date. Uh, so now I have to take medication every day to help manage it and keep everything under control. And then I'm also, um, it's changed the way I think about exercise in a way. Like, I, I don't think we think about our organs unless, I mean, most people don't think about their organs, right? Like the function of them, the status of them, especially if you're relatively quote unquote young. Like, I the only time I was in a hospital was when I was uh, given birth, you know? So mm-hmm. Uh, so it's caused me to think more about cardio, like how heart healthy am I, mm. you know, reducing sodium and really trying to get more into cardio. I joined the Peloton community. It hasn't arrived yet, but I'm going to get more into cardio in a way that I don't think I ever would have. And then continue to eat well and stay healthy and really uh, try not to al- let this heart condition control my life. Right, right, right. There's so many, you know, unexpected changes that happen with adulthood. And like you said, it does give us a different type of appreciation for our bodies, our wellness, our organs, all of those things. Um, So, you know, I just applaud you for, you know, like you said, not allowing the condition to slow you down in the sense of your purpose, like still, you know, finding purpose and pursuing it. And of course, maintaining your health moving forward. So I applaud you for balancing the balancing act that is adulthood. I recently turned 41 and I'm like, man, there's so much, you know, to consider and to think about and, you know, health changes and so much the older we get. So I just applaud you for balancing it all. Um, What's next for you in 2023? Yeah. So I, you know, I keep thinking about how, like you said, this adulthood struggle and like how it's unfolding and what's identifying what's new and what's changing for me. So I've been writing more uh, short pieces 
detailing my experiences as a cardiac arrest survivor and heart failure, heart failure patient still alive and kicking. I think, um, you know, when we, I think about heart failure and even the label, like that as a label, you're like, man, like your heart really is going down and failure doesn't mean necessarily you're bouncing back. I mean, when your heart fails, like, I, I don't know, there's something about that, the combination of that as a phrase and as a label that doesn't inspire hope. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And there's not much they can do to change that label, but it is, I think the more I talk about it, the more I write about it, the more I think about it, uh, I learned so much. And so just writing about how a lot of uh, women suffer from it more than men mm-hmm. and then African-American women uh, suffer from it even more, not my specific uh, condition. It just like heart failure as a category includes people who, um, you know, have a heart disease or early stage heart disease, which a lot, it's hard to identify because our current uh, medical practice doesn't, it's not necessarily focused on prevention, right? So Mm. typically you'll learn when something's off after you are past a critical point. And Mm. just being aware that like asking yourself the question, you know, what am I doing to really be more heart healthy? Or what am I doing to be more X healthy? Whatever that thing is, even like one's mental health. So just writing about that, talking about it more, sharing with others, I think has been uh, part of my work. And then uh, this month, I also start recording uh, an audio book version of Me Power. And that's that's exciting. I've talked to the sound engineer. We're going to do some cool stuff in the audio book, like include, I interviewed so many people. I did uh, have a lot of research. So include actual clips from those interviews in the audio book. And so that this process has been so interesting to plan out. I haven't gotten in the studio booth yet, but that those are some exciting things that I'm, I'm working on right now. That's wonderful. And how can listeners connect with you on social media or your website? Yeah, for sure. So me power is a, is a new definition of empowerment based on an evolving knowledge of self you can join me in the journey at Ed Linguist on social media and subscribe to my newsletter, The 331, on my website. And really what The 331 is, is a collection of encouraging and provocative reminders that you have more power than you think. I send it three times a month on the third day of the week. And my hope is that after reading it, you feel more energized, motivated, and inspired to tackle the world. And you can also download a free chapter of Me Power on my website, lanisha.com. Wonderful, wonderful. So make sure you look in the show notes to get all of the links to connect with Dr. Lanisha. I think this is definitely a season to really embrace more me power. In another interview I did, they said that 23 was their Jordan year. So I'm speaking that for all of the listeners that this is our Jordan year and we need to have more me power and really reflect and process the past so that we can move forward with more power and purpose. So thank you again for chatting with us today. Um, again, listeners, if this is your first time listening to the Glambitious podcast, head over to theglamceo.com to subscribe to my email list. Once a month, I always send out over 50 grant and funding opportunities for entrepreneurs. So you don't want to miss that. And again, you can follow me on Instagram at I am Lily May. So thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Glambitious podcast. <laughs>